what's a pirate's favorite letter? I, you've done this before. Oh, so I've told you joke already? <laughs> yes. oh. So I was like trying to Mexican stand off you because I know what you think I'm going to say. And then I was trying to preemptively say what you would uh. say. For the audience, I'll say the part's favorite letter is or. Are you kidding? Of course, it's the C. <laughs> ah, you think so, but the C be it. Yes. <laughs> See? I won't step ahead of you. It's a good joke. I forgot I told you already. Yeah. I think you've told me multiple times. Have I? Joke. Yeah. How have I been drinking? You've probably told the audience multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> You do read my blog. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, you, and welcome back to another episode of the That Chapter podcast. Uh, I'm joined once again by Keith sitting directly across from me. He's wearing his usual black Adidas T-shirt that he always wears. Uh, <laughs> he's got his full... You do wear that shirt a lot. I've, yeah. Or do you have multiple of the same shirt? No. You not... just like Adidas. You're an Adidas guy. I've noticed. You I like, like Adidas, the brand. I like, I like the branding. You have I've shoes, Adidas, you have a hat. No, but I've been Mikey shoes. I've oh. an Adidas hat, though. I've yeah. Adidas jumper. I, I like the Adidas You're branding. Adidas boy. Cool. You're yeah. an Adidasler. Yeah, <laughs> Naughty Dazzler. Yeah. There, yeah. He's got his tattoos. He's wearing his glasses. He's got his hair pulled up into a ponytail. I do. Yeah, it's warm in here. It's a sweaty one. That's why yeah. I like it. I like to keep it hot. I like to get hot for the guests. I'm glad you blew out the candle, though, because that was uh, definitely sucking all the air out of the room. Uh, hey, it's not going to be anything that's sucking tonight. But, uh, you know, hey, very nice. Very <laughs> nice. But, uh, you know, it, it added to the ambience. It did. You know, I yeah. hope I like to think that the listeners at home listen to this podcast. They light up some candles and mm. hear us make fart noises at our <laughs> mouth. <laughs> kind of what makes it. So, Keith, what's yep. going on with you? Not a lot, man. Get not a guest wants to know. They see me multiple times a week uh, mm. on the videos. I'm boring. I'm old news. Not much going on. I have a, that black cat keeps coming come around. So yeah. I, I definitely, yeah. Well, I keep, I keep feeding it. So cool. that's why. It's, it's a nice cat, though. Well, I'm kind of torn between the names. So we're trying to, I feel at this stage, I've seen the cat so many times. He's seen me naked in the shower. There you go. He's we, seen everything. Yeah, we, we, we've uh, we've built up a bit of a rapport. So uh-huh. I, I think I need to give him a name at this point. Mm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm deciding between two names. Uh, I like the, uh, fart juice. My daughter likes the name Salem. Did you say fart juice? Yes, I think it's let the okay. audience decide. How about we put it to a vote? Okay. I can put a poll, a poll uh, attached to this episode okay. on Spotify. And how about we give it two names, three names. Okay. Fart Juice is one. Fart Juice is one. And then we'll see what's, what's your ones? My daughter likes Salem and I like Philip. Black Philip. Which is Well, good. his full name is Black, Black Philip. But, yeah. you know, to his friends, he would just be called Philip or Phil. Phil. Philly. Yeah. Phil. Yeah. yeah. I like that because he's a black cat. Black Philip is pretty good. Um, I think they're good. All right. Uh, audience, why don't you decide Fart Juice... <laughs> Philip or Salem. Fart juice. I like fart juice. I hope that wins. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, all right, so today we are talking about a modern true crime murder mystery. This is actually a story I covered on the channel, mm. uh, that chapter, youtube.com slash that chapter, give it a you. Um, <laughs> uh, I covered it a while back. Uh, when I say a while back, I mean... A couple of years. A couple of years, like yeah. 2020. Oof. We're recording this at the end of 2023. It'll go up in 2024. Mm. Four years ago, I'll have made that video. Fucking hell, where is my I've been making videos on YouTube for since 2017. September 2017. Look how far you've come, huh? Man, it's wild. It's been a wild ride. Yeah. Well, anyway, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Nobody wants to, I don't like talking about myself. You know that. Let's talk about something else. Um, let's talk about murderers. Yeah, let's talk about that. It's much more interesting. So this whole video, t- or fucking <laughs> podcast, I'm making the podcast, not on videos. <laughs> so this whole podcast takes us to Knoxville, Tennessee, Thanksgiving, and to the mighty year of 2016. Thanksgiving. Have you ever celebrated Thanksgiving? You lived in Canada. 
which you very rarely bring up. I only like once or twice a year. I don't think I've ever brought up. Actually. No, you yeah. don't like mention it. Yeah. Canadians have Thanksgiving, right? They do. But it's, it's different to the American Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's earlier, I think. Like, what's Thanksgiving? Is the 24th of the, November? Uh, third in, Thursday uh, in of November. Okay, the third Thursday. I think, uh, I think it's early November. I can't remember. It's been a couple of years now since I've been kind I think so. I think it's closer to Halloween, right? Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's the fourth Thursday in November. Sorry. Thanksgiving in America falls on the fourth Thursday of right. November. So it's usually, yeah, from the 22nd to like the 28th. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was, yeah, we celebrate. It's very similar to what we'd do here at Christmas, I guess. Like we'd have like... Yeah, it's like American Thanksgiving. It's yeah. kind of like much the same. Just turkey, ham, Get-togethers, the... family get-together. Yeah. Board games. We've actually... Uh, with my own family with Christmas we've had the banned board games in our house really yeah too many too many fights really <laughs> yeah no honestly you all, what do you like you yeah. and your dad or whatever no the whole family my dad my mom, my aunt my uncle my cousin my sister too many fights we we, we had the we had to ban it so your dad it, is so funny he's gas he's, he's a, your dad is very very funny man. he's gas man but we've had a we had to ban it like on the years it was banned and we've really? only recently kind of started bringing, bringing it back you're like gingerly like with seriously strict rules wow to like the point where there has to be like someone there that's not playing like a referee mm-hmm. just to keep an eye make sure there's no cheating wow yeah uh, yeah I, I, I don't know why we're doing it it's not fun anymore <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't we want to get it's into so, this shit anymore? It's so stressful now. I honestly don't know why we're doing it to ourselves. But yeah, <laughs> it's like we're having fun. Okay, yeah, we're yeah, having yeah, fun. Enjoy this. <laughs> You're cheating. Look at all your money. No, no. no. I was winning. Okay. And they're like stupid games as well. It's not even like hard games. We're playing this game called Thirty Seconds. Did you ever play that? No, Thirty Seconds. What's that? It's it's a card game. So you say we're playing it. So I pick up a card. On my card, I have five things and I have to describe those five things to you without saying the actual word. Okay, so it's kind of like Pictionary but without drawing it or whatever. Yeah, sort sort of. So if I was like, oh, it's it, 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 it's a drink and when you drink it, you get a little tipsy. It is... Beer. Beer, exactly. So that's one and I get pointed out. But you have 30 seconds to describe five of these things okay so right. like stupid games but yeah, still we have to have like a moderator behind yeah. us reading the card make sure we're not saying oh, the right. actual word in it and yeah, yeah, say, yeah, oh. yeah. And we go <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah it's ridiculous that's the worst I, oh. Wait, is, is your family good at it or bad at it no we're awful at it oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really really bad and like literally we're going to be doing it now what is it uh, we're recording this mid-December now so about 10 days going to be alright you're very excited I see I'm really excited to have a good fight <laughs> yeah yeah Start beating the shit out of people <laughs> alright so well here listen in Thanksgiving 2016 people were as usual traveling across the globe this is before COVID and all that shit back in the good old days remember pre-COVID days god I haven't talked about COVID before 2019 yeah I know yeah. it's like but yeah but things still seem to be getting worse <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In 2016, Thanksgiving fell on the 24th of November. That was when the people of Knoxville, Tennessee, they woke up and they turned the ovens on to get that turkey cooking. In the Guy family, dinner preparations had started. The turkey was being prepared, stuffed, ready for the oven, the potatoes boiled, the green bee casserole cooked. The patriarch and matriarch of the Guy family were Lisa and Joel Sr. And they were getting into their seniors. Lisa, 55, Papa Joel, 61. That Thanksgiving, they had their four children over. Now, Joel Sr., he had three daughters from a previous marriage, Jandice, Michelle, and Angela, and Lisa and Joel Sr. had a son together, 28-year-old Joel Guy Jr., or as the family called him, Joel Michael. 
Of course, with the family being together finally after some time apart, the two parents, the three sisters, and young Joel, it's not only loves of word that are exchanged between one another, sometimes it's topics best discussed in person with the whole family involved. It's a rare, rare time to get, them, get the gang together, so it's time to talk about the big issues if you can. And this was the case with the Guy family. Lisa and Joel Sr. had some news for their four kids. They were going to retire. Joel was an engineering designer. Lisa, a full-time mother who then, as her children grew, went on to become an accounting administrator. So they were both going to pack those jobs in, sell the family home, move into Joel Sr.'s mother's house. His mother had passed away a few years before. Now, there seemed to have been some agreement around the Thanksgiving dinner table that that decision was a good idea. The children were all adults. The three daughters, they lived in Tennessee. Their son, Joel Jr., he lived in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So, happy out. A couple of killers coming out of uh, Baton Rouge, hasn't there? I know mm -hmm. you recently did one, Sean Gillis. Sean Gillis, I recently Sean covered Gillis, him yeah. in video form for the mm. folks at home, youtube.com forward slash that chapter. <laughs> yeah, uh, I did. He's a real sick son of a bitch. Yeah. The sickest thing about him is that he, so he went around and he killed a load of women. One, one of the women, he cut off her hand and he took it home and he used it as a... Oh, God. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, one of those. Jesus like sex toys. Yeah, 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 he's a really fucked up guy. Um, but yeah, no, there's a few killers. Louisiana, hey, listen, <laughs> I'm not going to say it, but I think there's a few serial killers in there, my friends. There is, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think there's a, it's either a documentary or a TV program and it's... It's like Baton Rouge, capital serial killer, or serial, serial killer capital, or mm. something like that. Dun, dun. Basically, there was like three, apparently, like killers within the same time. They killed like Oh, that's a, actually, just yeah. Joel, or we're talking about children. No, Sean Gillis, yes, there he was, was two he was other serial killers yeah, yeah. while he was serial killing. <laughs> mm, yeah. yeah um, None of them connected. Were probably, yeah. I think, and some other guy, but yeah, they, yeah. they were like, they combined, they'd kill like 30 people or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people being killed. Hmm. Mad. You know what? There's people dying today that never died before. Can you believe that? <laughs> That's what they say. But uh, yeah, no, it's a... Uh, so is that like a, a, supposed to be a spoiler as to where the story is going? That Joel Guy Jr. lived in Baton Rouge? No, it's just you mentioned Baton Rouge. It just reminded me of... Sorry, it's a bit of a tangent there. That's good. <laughs> we can cut that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm keeping it in. <laughs> So the family of Holiday had passed in good spirits. In fact, they were already talking about spending the Christmas holiday together. The daughters left on Friday, which was the 25th of November. But Joel Jr., Joel Michael, he decided to stay on for a little longer. And then he also returned to his own home on the 27th. Back in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It's Sunday day It was the next day, the 28th, that the shit hit the fan. That was a Monday, and Lisa failed to show up for work. Her boss contacted the police, says she could not get hold of Lisa on the phone, she didn't call in sick, and these are things Lisa would have done as a very responsible person, so she wanted a welfare check done. That's a classic corporate America. You mm -hmm. miss one day of work? Yeah, where the fuck are you? So you send the police. You better be dead. <laughs> yeah. Police then arrived shortly to the Guy property to carry out this welfare check, and one thing they did notice was a for sale sign present in the front garden. Also, two cars were parked at the house, and the light in the foyer was on. The officers then went up to the front door of the house, and they knocked on the door, they rang the buzzer, but no response. The house was eerily quiet. Yet, as I said, it seemed like the lights were on, but nobody was home. The two officers then called for a detective, as they had a, had a real suspicious feeling, and things were looking off. 
they went to the neighbors and said, hey, when was the last time you seen the guys, the literal, the literal guys? There was a realtor sign, but no realtor lock or box or anything, you know, where they would keep the keys for when they're doing house viewings. Things were just not already adding up. They could see through the windows of the house and they could see groceries. They could see beers. They could see bacon. Somebody had done some shopping, the good stuff, but all the groceries are just left out there, including stuff which is perishable, like milk, just left out on the counter, like still in the shopping bags. They could tell the house was warm inside. There's also a weird smell coming from it. And a dog was faintly barking somewhere from inside the home. I think one of the officers said when they like when they felt the window, they mm. actually feel the heat emanating wow. from the window pane itself. So that's very hot, because windows are usually kind of cold. Yes, that's true. It was roast inside. The feeling from the house was getting more and more disturbing as the seconds ticked by. And wait till they get inside. They eventually did so when an officer pressed the garage door opener and they ventured in. And things, you know, just for the folks at home, just think of whatever gruesome movie you can and then, like, double it. It's a real horror show. It's a real yeah. horror house. Yeah. yeah. House of Horrors, you might say. House of Horrors, yeah. 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 It's a house that lived murderously, <laughs> you might say. We're bringing it back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping this going. I'm keeping it going. <laughs> Straight away, they could tell something was wrong. As the officers were entering the main area of the house, foyer to hall, the first thing they noticed was the heat. The temperature was extremely high in the house. It was roasted. It's like the rads, the heating, the air, the HVAC system, whatever they were using was on full whack. There was also a chemical odor emanating from the place. There were random items on the dining area floor as they ventured forth. They found plastic bags, bleach, towels, the dining table. It had some items on it as well, including a couple of wallets, one that belonged to a man, one that belonged to a woman. There was also money on the table, a cell phone, and a hammer. In the kitchen area, the officers found the stove and the oven were on, turned up to high heat. There was also a big pot on top of the stove. It was bubbling, spilling, splashing over. There's a dog barking somewhere in the house. It sounded like it was coming from an upstairs room. It, it literally seemed like somebody had just been here walking around the house, had done some shopping, was cooking food, was getting the house nice and warm, and then nothing, though. The house house was creepily empty. It was eerie. There was no sign of anyone around on the ground floor, and so they proceeded up the stairs. On the stairs were reddish-brown stains. Then, on the landing, they stared down the hall, and it was a long hall. At the end of it, an open door. There was blood on the ground and on the walls, and at that open door, they could see hands. They ventured down slowly and found that the hands they saw were not attached to anything. The officers then proceeded to clear the house, check for people, people who would not be there. There was no one, they could find no one. They went into the master bedroom. The bed was made, the bed was neat. The chemical smell was really strong and there was an additional smell lingering in there as well. Then they went into the ensuite. Plastic sheeting covered the floor. There was a garden hose attached to the shower instead of a normal shower head, and a massive knife in the sink. On the ground, in this bathroom, were two large plastic tubs next to each other. Inside those tubs were the dissolving remains of two people. By looking at the bodies, they assumed that they were the remains of Lisa and Joel Sr., the house became quite the crime scene and evidence, well, treasure trove, I guess you could say, because what had happened had happened in every single room of the house. 
At the back door were unopened bin bags, tree bottles of bleach, muriatic acid, baking soda. A sprayer was beside. Guns and ammo were left laid out on the dining table. Food and groceries were out there. On the staircase were piles of clothing, clothing that had been cut up with a knife or scissors. Beside was a bloodstained scissors and a bloodstained knife. In fact, there was blood evidence just about dun 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 ellipses everywhere. As well as knives and bleach. Evidence of a cleanup, but not like a clean cleanup. As if someone went out, bought a load of bleach, baking soda, cleaning products, all that, but then took one look at the mess they had made and said, fuck that. The scene was of such a state that whoever did this, it wasn't like they just wanted to kill Joel Sr. and Lisa, they wanted to annihilate them, dissolve them, remove them from existence. It took authorities two days to go through and cover the entire crime scene. Once done, the police had a pretty good idea of what had happened in the home. It was Joel Sr. who had been attacked first, probably sometime late morning on Saturday the 26th of November, inside the gym room of the house. He had suffered dozens and dozens of sharp force injuries when he was being murdered, about 42 altogether. It was hard to determine the exact number of stab wounds due to the dismemberment process that took place post-mortem. Though, 34 cuts on his back showed he had suffered them while he was still alive. The medical examiner at the trial was saying like there was no pattern mm. either to like these 42 stab wounds on the back. It was just like a frenzy yeah. on the back and said that the maximum depth of these stab wounds was about six inches wow. deep. Yes, yeah, yeah. like some power behind it as well. Yeah, somebody's really getting in there. He suffered injuries to his lungs, his kidneys, his liver, his ribs. He had multiple cuts on his hands, defensive wounds. He tried to protect himself. He was fighting for his life and it was a fight he lost. His hands were removed from his body and were left inside the gym where he'd been attacked, poking at the door, a grisly find for the police. Later, when during the, the trial, which we will get to, but during yeah. the trial, they show photos of the hands. Mm. And the hands are destroyed. Like mm. You can see like just huge, huge chunks. lacerations yeah. and chunks all over. Like he, as I said, he was like fighting for his life. Like, but, yeah, yeah it's, it, was, uh, it was hard to look at. Then Lisa arrived home from the store and she was jumped as she came in the front door. She hadn't even chance to put the groceries away and she too was brutally slayed almost as soon as she set foot inside her own home. She suffered at least 25 sharp object wounds. It was hard to determine how many there were just to the level of decomposition and, well, the dissolving process. She'd suffered injuries to her lungs, her left kidney, her liver, to her spine and, well, so on and so forth. Just like Joel Sr. as well, the medical examiner determined that all these stab wounds happened before her death as well. It's like, how angry do you have to be, though? Like, like how can, I can't even imagine what it must be like to do that to somebody else. You know, like, what what the fuck must be going through your head? I know, yeah. You know? Well, nothing. I imagine yeah. it's just like nothing is going through these people's heads when they're yeah. doing this shit. Because there's no way they can be thinking and, I don't know, being able to actually do what they do, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just pure anger. Yeah. Rage. That's it. Seen red. Once both people were dead, the murderer started to carry out the cleanup, which didn't only involve chemicals and mopping up, it got worse. Joel Sr.'s arms were removed at the shoulders, his legs were removed at the hips, and his right ankle was also separated from the rest of his leg. His body parts were then placed inside the chemical bath. Most of his skin dissolved, except for the skin on his back, as that would have been above the broth. Yeah. 
the, the, the chemical bath as well. It, it was a homemade mm. acidic solution. So like, this isn't like Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah. Where, where he's like, this, ooh, this kind of chemical pH balance, well, nerdy shit. Exactly, yeah. yeah like they weren't using the, what's it, high, high hydrofluoric acid. Which, yeah. Like, it does. Like, I think that that will dissolve metal. Like, mm-hmm. But um, this was, it was a concoction of sewer liner cleaner, baking soda, liquid fire drain cleaner, lye, hydrogen peroxide. Uh, so every fucking cleaning product that exists just, is like, oh, yeah, throw it in there, that'll much, do. Yeah, just strong acid use, use for cleaning. It can um, clean a toilet, maybe it can clean a skull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But all, with all the chemicals, the, the home, it was so, like you mentioned that, that when it went in, there was a strong chemical smell, but the home, it, it was so hazardous that the investigators had to wear hazmat suits mm-hmm. just to process the crime scene. Jesus, yeah, dangerous stuff to be around. Lisa's arms were also removed at the shoulders, her legs removed at the knees, and her head had been severed. Her body parts were placed inside the other blue tub that had been inside the ensuite bathroom upstairs, inside the chemical bath. But, and this is the really gruesome part of the story, not her head. Her head was found somewhere else in the home. Remember that pot on the stove that was bubbling away? Lisa Guy's head had been simmering in a pot of boiling water for two days before it was found. Which I think, and I covered the story years ago, and I still vividly remember the pot and the story. It's horrendous. And I think what's really unsettling is watching the body cam footage of the police. Which you can see if you go to that chapter. If you if yes, you can. When I covered the story, the case of Joel Guy Jr. disturbing case, or I can't remember what I called it. <laughs> Back when the days when all my videos were the case of the case of. Yeah, but you, um, you can see all the body cam yeah, footage you can see there. It all there. But when they when they enter and walk through the house uh, for the first time, you you can see that pot, um, which the head is in, and they just walk by it, which, yeah. which is fair enough. Yeah, they just assume it's just a pot. You of wouldn't think boiling heads in pasta. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And the boiling head, it reminds me a little bit of, do you know the Scottish serial killer, Dennis Nielsen? Uh, mm. He'd boil the heads, the hands and the feet of his victims to mm. remove flesh as a way of disposing the body. So I, I think he'd, he'd boil all these extremities and then he'd like flush that down the toilet and then he'd like bury or crush the skulls in the mm. backyard. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, messed up. So after all this, the police didn't waste any time checking the CCTV of nearby stores and... What did they see in one particular piece of CCTV footage? Well, a guy walking in whose hands were heavily bandaged, almost like he'd been in a fight, maybe involving knives. And he was a bit of a bigger guy, bit of a... had a few extra pounds. For those who maybe are HP Lovecraft fans at home, I think his stories are very scary and cool and very atmospheric. But um, one of his stories is The Shadow Over Innsmouth, which is probably, in my opinion, his best story. It's my favourite. And he talks about people of the Innsmouth look. Mm. And essentially, to cut a long story short, they're kind of like half fish, half people. <laughs> it's like uh, they have like droopy eyes, you know, fishy eyes. Yeah. Their face is like very saggy. That's kind of what he looked like. And that guy was Joel Guy Jr. Just Google him. That's a really uh, good description. I can I can see that. You can see it? Like, just <laughs> yeah. Google, Google Joel Guy Jr. And tell me he doesn't look kind of like a fish. Like, if he had the Innsmouth look. <laughs> he just has this really weird... It's very hard to explain, but if you know the description from that Lovecraft story, uh, it'll match. On Tuesday, the 29th of November, an arrest was made all the way over in Baton Rouge. The person being charged with the first degree murders was no one other than Joel Guy Jr. himself. 
Authorities identified him as a suspect with the aid of the Walmart security video that appeared to show him purchasing items located within the residence that were apparently used in the attempted destruction of the crime scene. When they arrested him, they found his hands were covered in cuts and nicks. Inside his car, they also recovered a meat grinder and a gasoline canister. So, what happened? Well, as it turned out, he had a different plan originally than what he ended up doing, but police think that due to his injuries, his hands being cut to shit, Joel Jr. decided to leave the crime scene unfinished on Sunday, November 27th, when he left to go back to Baton Rouge. I can't believe he went back to Baton Rouge and left a stove on. Yeah. That's totally That's so irresponsible. Stupid. That is very dangerous, Joel. Come on. Could have burned the house down. Exactly. My God. Now, Joel had made quite the plan. I mean... Which is kind of surprising when you look at him. He doesn't look like the kind of guy who plans things. <laughs> In fact, he wrote it all down, if you can believe that. A five-page detailed script called The Book of Premediation. That was found in his house. He had left it inside his back. He was like the fucking worst killer ever. <laughs> like, he just left all the shit. He was like, oh, I'll just leave it and hope that I don't get linked to it. And I'll also leave the book where I detail how I'm yeah. going to do it. I'll also leave that there too. Yeah, yeah. Just left all the evidence just out. Yeah, he's such a fucking idiot. So here's like some excerpts from his book. Get killing knives, quiet, multiple, to make small pieces. Get carving knives, to make small pieces. Get sledgehammer, crush bones. Bring blender and food grinder, grind meat. Get bleach, denature proteins. Get plastic bin for denaturation process. Does not matter where they're killed. Just get rid of bloody spots to prevent evidence of time of death. Not the mattress or couches. Get rid of bodies inside the house. There and my DNA's already there. Flush chunks down toilet. Not garbage disposal. He's not alive to claim her half of the insurance money. All mine! $500,000. Flood the house. Covers up forensic evidence. Turn heater up as high as it goes. That speeds decomposition. Bleach reacts with luminol just like blood. So douse area with bleach. Big sprayer to do so. I like how we wrote it all down. Yeah, oh yeah, bullet point style. Just half-assed everything. Yeah. <laughs> and didn't do half of the shit he actually said he was supposed Barely to Barely did it. Also, yeah. I think it's really funny how specific he got by saying, get killing knives. Mm. As if he like accidentally grabbed like a butter knife. Instead. Oh, exactly. Yeah, like, oh, that won't do. Just yeah. trying to kill his dad. And, like, <laughs> I'm not going to make that mistake. Butter. Yeah. Again. Yeah. But in, in the plans, he, he initially wrote down um, to open the doggy door. So it would look like an intruder came in and killed him as well. Uh-huh. However, he changed his mind about this and he, he just scribbled it out. Like, ah, fuck it. It's too much effort. That's not a good plan. Yeah. Um, so his new plan was to make it look like the father had killed the mother and then burned down the house. Uh-huh. That's why there was gas canisters all right. in the house. And it seemed like he was going to use the water heater as well to either start a fire or flood the house. He had pages about how water heaters worked in his backpack, but... Mm -hmm. So he was going to set the house on fire and also flood the house. That seems kind of like opposing theories He's going to fight fire with water. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that good old one. Does make sense. <laughs> also, it's worth noting this wasn't a plan that he came up with just over Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. So Lisa and Joel Sr., they had mentioned to the family that they were thinking of retiring in late October. And this is actually when Joel Jr. started collecting equipment for the murder. So he spent quite a bit of time planning this. Yeah. And with, with these, I guess, with these types of family annihilator cases, the perpetrator, they have a real sense of entitlement about them. Yeah. They appear to view the family members as like their own property. And this desire to control the family or the family finances is threatened. They 
act out against the family in a real violent and fatally way, like murderously way. Murderously way. Might even say. <laughs> According to family members and a friend of Joel Michael Jr., he had a friend, fucking oh, poor bastard. He was always an outsider. He never really got in with the family. He never made any any effort to be to stay in touch with his family. And after I guess after some years, his family thought the same about him. Except his dear mother Lisa. She would call him all the time during his school years, sending him money, paying for his accommodation, paying for his studies, where he was trained to become a plastic surgeon, which is just fucking totally bizarre. She would keep his childhood toys, even though he was... How old was he, Joe Gaggio, by the way? Uh, 20, was 28, 29? Uh, yeah, he was 28 when he committed the murders. So he was, like, old enough to not keep his fucking childhood toys. Or at least, you know, not kind of, you know, give a shit about them, I suppose, at that, that point anymore. Joel Guy Jr. pled not guilty to the two first-degree murder charges that were, that were filed against them. And he went on trial in 2020. As it turns out, Joel Jr.'s parents decided to cut him off from his allowance. They wanted to sell the house and retire, you know, start closing down the money factory, and I guess Joel Jr., you know, they thought it was finally time for him to stand on his own two feet. And I guess he thought very fucking differently. Honestly, it's about time that they decided to cut him off. I mean, he's 28, he was in college, studying to become a, yeah. He had no interest in getting a job. He was relying on his parents financially his, his whole life. As you mentioned, you touched on it. Not only did they pay for his schooling, but his housing, food, car, textbooks, sell everything. He paid for everything. Yeah. I'm sure at the beginning, they, you know, didn't mind giving Joel a hand, giving him some, a bit a bit of financial support. They were, yeah. they were pretty well off. They weren't, they weren't rich, but they were doing okay for themselves. I guess they were hoping supporting Joel financially would, you know, allow him to focus on his studies a bit more. No, it doesn't seem, it, I, I've seen this done before and it doesn't really work. People, a lot of people do, no, they just take it as like, and it used to even be fucking lazier. That's it. It, it doesn't work and it didn't work. Yeah. Joel took the absolute piss. He started university in 2006, but by 2016, 10 years later, he still hadn't graduated. Yeah. So at this point, his parents were, they were starting to feel the financial burden yeah. of supporting Joel all these years. And Joel was spending his parents' money just hand over fist like yeah. it was his own. At one point, Joel's mother was sending her entire weekly paycheck directly into his Jesus. bank account. Jesus. And then to add insult to injury, he dropped out of university. So he didn't even graduate, he just dropped out. But he still expected them to fund his lifestyle. His parents, they would try having these conversations with him about getting a job, but he would just become enraged. Yeah. And yeah, he was just, uh, he, was, he, he, was, he was a moocher. Yeah. Uh, like they, they should have cut, cut him off a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the end of, they, as you mentioned, they decided to force Joel's hand. They planned to retire early and sell the house, which... As we know, he did not take too well. No, he was not not too keen on that old plan. I'll tell you that for free. He planned to commit the murders for insurance purposes. Lisa had a half million dollar life insurance policy. Which is my favorite. Insert life insurance dance here. Please. Do the dance. Yeah. It's not a lot of money. Like, that's, that barely get, like, that would get your house and that's it. Like, half a million dollars, it is a lot of fucking money, but it's not like you still yeah. need a job. You know what yeah. I mean? You can't, like, oh, like live well, off it of for the rest of your well, life. Well, I mean, it's not a lot of money. Like, I don't have it. <laughs> but, like, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, like, it's, you know what I mean? For him, yeah. he's he's never going to get a job. It's not so set it's... you up for life money. It's exactly. Like, you'd get a house, but then it's also, you still need to get a job after Exactly. That, you you know? still need to work the lift. Yeah, yeah. You could live off that for a couple of years. Mm. I mean, maybe, like, a decade if you were researching. His plan was to kill his mother and make his dad disappear. The police would blame the murder on his dad and be looking for someone who would, well, have been dissolved in acid. 
But Joel made a decision that both his parents had to be gone for him to receive the entire amount of money. He detailed his parents' assets, what they had, and what he was hoping to get. He asked for the death penalty if he was found guilty, which he was. Joel Michael was found guilty by the jury on all seven counts. He was sentenced to life in prison for the two counts of first-degree premeditated murder, one count of felony murder for killing Lisa Guy while committing first-degree murder of Joel Guy Sr., and two counts of felony murder while committing theft. He was also charged with an additional four years imprisonment for the abuse of corpse charges. Now, of course, his lawyers argued against consecutive sentencing and the additional four years. The defense said that Joel Michael had no prior criminal history and he would be an old ass man by the time of his release, meaning no danger to society by that point. But the judge did not buy this because, I mean, with the shit he did, I mean, mm. he had no criminal, yeah, he had no criminal history, yet he still did it, so, uh, Like, during the trial as well, like, when they were showing the images of the house and the bodies, mm. like, it shows him looking at it and his, his eyes open up and he's just like, He's enjoying it nearly. Yeah. Reliving it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's got that real fucking disturbing look. The, so the judge said, I don't think his mind is going to change. Quite frankly, I think if it was 300 years, it wouldn't be sufficient. I don't see potential for rehabilitation for Mr. Guy. I was watching him during the trial. He showed absolutely no remorse or despair over seeing what he had done. Quite frankly, Mr. Guy, you look like you're kind of proud of what you've accomplished. You know, initially, Joel, he filed a motion to serve as his own counsel. Um, <laughs> That'll work well. Right? He stated that he wanted to represent himself so he could file a motion to receive the death penalty if mm -hmm. found guilty, which I feel is just attention-seeking, kind of feeling sorry for himself, behavior. Just... I think so, because, I mean, even... Um, so we mentioned, like, the stuff during the trial, there was no defense. No. Literally, yeah. they did not do anything. They offered no evidence to stop like there was no such thing there was no defense at all there really wasn't like when he requested to be his own counsel the judge he said he, he wanted to have good legal representation mm -hmm. i guess and he said he would still let him file his motion for the death penalty if he reinstated his lawyers which joel jr agreed to but it didn't i don't think it made a difference him having lawyers there yeah because they were they were kind of useless they didn't have a clear defense at all as he said his lawyer actually tried his best to prove he was not guilty he argued prosecutors did not get handwriting analysis done for the five page plan they found in joel's backpack mm -hmm. at the crime scene in his room <laughs> yeah i mean who else uh, it could have been anybody who did that <laughs> you know, like i understand it's a reasonable doubt but like come on yeah 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 also, the victims were found murdered by the exact same way as described in his plan. Mm -hmm. And Joel Jr. was seen on CCTV buying the equipment mentioned in the plan. Yeah. Also, there were other books found in the backpack which had Joel Jr.'s name written on the inside. So it's not like it was someone else's backpack. It's clearly his backpack. He had his yeah, name written yeah. all over the books. And then another thing, like putting aside the, the writing analysis... If you look at the actual context of what had been written, it says her life insurance and I get the whole thing. Yeah. Like, why would anybody else say that? His defense team also presented a picture of Joel two days before the murder, which showed him smiling and happy. And he basically said, look how happy it is. He's a smiling person. How could he murder anyone? Exactly. Happy people don't kill. Right. Exactly. Yeah. All is well that ends well. And he was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison. So. Indeed he was, indeed he was. And even uh, in prison, he threatened his cellmate to gouge his eyes out. And that is the story of Joel Guy Jr. A uh, real sick piece of shit, but mm. you know, there you go. Yeah. Fuck him. He's done. Didn't I like him? I'm putting my uh, leg in the chair for the folks at home, let the record show. I'm putting my leg in the chair, chilling. Chilling like a villain. Nice. I know. 
I guess the uh, moral of the story is trust no one, not even your family, but especially your family. <laughs> <laughs> not even your family, but especially not your family. <laughs> so what do you want to talk about now, Keith? I don't know. Do you want to watch a movie? Oh, I got some recommendations. Thanks to, um, shit, sorry. Somebody was messaging me. Oh, goddamn, sorry. Oh, on Patreon. That's who it was. Sorry, bear with me. Uh, they were saying there's some good movies you and I should watch. Um... While you're looking up that, I don't know if this is new news. It's new to me, though. I know that uh, Robert Edgars is working on that new vampire movie. Nosferatu. Oh, Nosferatu. Yeah, yeah, he's making one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that. Uh, that's good. I love The Witch, and I've seen the one with The with the Lighthouse. He's, he's, he's really good. I really enjoy him as a director. I think he'd be... He's good, yeah. yeah. I mean, The Witch and Lighthouse fucking mm. rule. Oh, man. Uh, okay, yeah. Sorry, it was Riker Jet. DM me. They said there's a movie called Talk to Me. We should watch. Oh, and I've yeah. seen the trailers for it. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. He said it was really good. Okay, they yeah, said yeah. it was really good. And um, yeah, I really want to see it. Yeah, let's check that out. Yeah, I know trailers have looked really fun. Cool. It's like a creepy hand or something. How about you and I? T- we solve rules problems now. <laughs> yeah. We don't talk about Keith. The <laughs> folks that don't want to listen, I feel like we don't. If we finish up talking, that episode will be too short, so we have to keep talking. <laughs> what? What time? Yeah. Uh, probably at like forty something minutes. Maybe thirty, thirty something minutes. After editing. Nah, that's right. <laughs> no, fuck it. I want to give the audience their money's worth. <laughs> what, uh, well, what, do you, what do you want to talk about? Uh, pff, I already asked you. You can't revert. Uh, Uno carried me that question. <laughs> well, I just did her. <laughs> um, well, okay. How about we, should do, we should do a Q&A. Mm. That's what we should do. I mean, I can't do it right now, but we should do questions and answers like uh, with, with the folks at home. That's good to do. Yeah. Yeah. They want to ask, they want to know questions about you. And you as well, I, I presume. Ah, sure. I'm not interested. You don't care about me. <laughs> I'm definitely not interested. <laughs> well, all right. Well, have you got any good Christmas stories now that it is Christmas time? Or it's actually New Year time, I suppose, when this episode goes out. Uh, no, not really. Like, most of my Christmas stories are just going, going to the pub, having a having, having a couple of drinky poos. Mm. That's it, yeah. I'm actually, I'm, I am looking forward to Christmas. It's going to be nice to go out now and have a, do the usual, go out, have, have a couple of drinks, see see everyone again in the old, uh, in the old hometown. Cool. All right. Well, I guess I'll end the episode there. Yeah. Uh, this is going nowhere. <laughs> you probably, probably should end the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening to the folks at home. Uh, remember, a new episode of the That Chapter podcast every Monday morning. And new episodes of That Chapter videos every Tuesday and Friday. Until I say I don't want to put one up on a Friday or I'm too tired. But usually every Tuesdays and Fridays. So yeah, um, but until the next episode, what are we going to be talking about in the next episode of the podcast, Keith? Can we give him a little sneaky sneaky peek? We have a, we have a load of topics ready. Um, we've oh, got some good. crazy old school murders mm-hmm. from turn mm-hmm. of the century. We've got some modern ones. I do enjoy the old history ones. I do. I love the history yeah, ones because yeah. they, they're so epic. Feel to them. Yeah, um, yeah. There's some more stories like similar to Joel Guy Jr. and Adam Strong, like ones I've covered on YouTube, but I've had updates. Yeah, we'll do a couple more modern ones as well. Mm. Yeah. Up to date ones. Um, not fucking talking about witches for a while. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gonna do witches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until next year. Yeah, yeah, but you did get me a cool Matthew Hopkins shirt, which I am I did, very yeah. proud to wear. So that's cool. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for listening. See ya. All right. You've been great. Thanks. Do <laughs> 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 <laughs>